When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You know what? You've made some really great cases for both Vientos and Beatty, but the reality is, is I, I think you're still going to probably find LeCastro to be the guy that's going to make the team over both of them. All right, so I'm glad you I'm glad you brought that up because he's in this mix now. He's in this mix for very different reasons because I like Tim LeCastro, and I mentioned when we were doing our roster predictions a few Ricos ago, I want him to make the team. I think there's a value to Tim LaCastro today, maybe more so today than there would have been a year or two ago. And the LaCastro's credit, let's give his numbers, 27 at-bats. He's hitting 370, uh, and he has five stolen bases. That's the stat we really need to mention. Five stolen bases. I don't think there's anybody on the Mets with more than one at this point in spring training. And he has a 1,025 OPS, and he's great defensively. He definitely gives you a plus defensive glove. He makes the he makes sense to make this team, but again, it leads to the question of what's the plan at DH against left-handed pitching? Because the Castro would make this team over rough. He would make it over Beatty. He'd make it over Vientos. Do you play LeCastro in the outfield against the lefty? And that's a day where, let's say, Marte DHs or Nimmo DHs or even Canna DHs. It's not crazy. You're not facing lefties five times a week. You're not. You know, we'd have to go through the schedule to see how often you're matched up against lefties over the first couple of weeks of the season. But usually on average, it's once or twice a week. So one kind of thought would be, well, I'm going to use that to improve my defense in the outfield and give somebody kind of the half an off day, which is the ideal way to use your DH. You know, one of the problems of getting stuck into like a Vogelback rough platoon is you lose opportunities to give your regulars a DH day. So one argument you can make is, well, make sure that when you face a lefty, that's your DH day. Uh, and it gives LeCastro a chance to play once or twice a week. But if LeCastro makes the team, Pete, and we've gone through it, unless they're carrying fewer pitchers, that means no Vientos, that means no Beatty, and it leads to the question of, against a tough lefty, are you cool with the idea of, well, Tommy Pham's going to do it, or LeCastro's going to play the outfield, and that's Starling Marte's DH day, because that's kind of the side effect of Tim LeCastro making the team. I really hate the idea of Tommy Pham playing a DH. I, I hate that. I mean, whatever. I, I Tommy Pham is whatever. He's blocked me right now. He's a fourth outfielder at best, but he's a professional player, I guess, so we have him. But it's weird. Like, I, I really hate the way the Mets are positioning this DH. Like, I don't mind having that flexibility where you can rotate guys, but it really is hurting the lineup when you're facing a left-handed pitcher because there is no – even if you have Marte or Alonzo as the DH that day, you're still taken away from a different spot. You know, that's really what it comes down to. Well, they, they were not a great offensive team against left-handed pitching last year, and it doesn't feel as if it's going to be much different. And I think that's the concern, you know, unless Vientos makes the team and he crushes lefties. 
I mean, that, that's a game changer. And I, and I definitely think that's a, on the board, if not the likeliest scenario, assuming Darren Ruff is DFA'd or starts the year on the IL, that they go with Vientos and say, let's score runs. Now, you mentioned Tommy Pham. So I'm mixed about something. I, I do not want to go crazy about spring training numbers from a 35-year-old veteran. Because at the end of the day, that guy is probably just getting ready for the start of the season. Tommy Pham is being paid $6 million guaranteed this year. He's got a couple of million dollars in incentives. The Mets are not going to cut him based on a bad spring training. I get that Steve Cohen has a ton of money, and he had no problem getting rid of Robinson Cano, but they're not based on a 45 at-bat sample size going to release Tommy Pham. I bring this up because... I know that thought is jumping into some Met fans' minds. You know, we're having this discussion about, well, Castro's hitting 360 and he's great defensively, but we want him on the roster, but we want Vientos on the roster. Hey, wouldn't it just be simple to have Tim LaCastro be your fourth outfielder and Tommy Pham hits the road? In theory, it would, but Tommy Pham's making $6 million a year. The only argument you can make against Pham and making any kind of point towards how much he's struggling in camp is that he had a crappy year last year, and he did. And that's the point I made about Darren Ruff on the last Rico, that what makes it difficult for him to make the team is not just a bad spring training, but a bad spring training following an awful stretch with the New York Mets. You're not talking about just an 0 for 8 with five strikeouts. No Mets fans talking about that We're in its own. We're talking about that with how bad he was after the trade. In Tommy Pham's case last year, the guy had a 680 OPS. He sucked. The Mets signed him as a fourth outfielder. Okay, fine. He is now having this brutal spring training. And here's Timmy LaCastro hitting 370, flashing leather, stealing bases. Tommy Pham, is he stealing bases this year? Still eight bases last year. No, he's not the guy he was in 2017 when he stole 25 bases. So I guess I'm just having a a psychiatrist meeting here where I kind of don't want Tommy Pham on the roster, but I also know it would be stupid to just release the guy off of spring training. So I'm just kind of going through the motions there with Tommy Pham right now. Yeah. Well, and also you got to remember too, like they're, they do have an analytical department. They have scouts and whatnot. And there's a reason why they signed him to $6 million for one year, because they think he's going to do something this season, no matter how bad of a season he, he had last year. They brought him here for a reason, so it doesn't make a difference. What same thing with Ruff? I keep on telling you, they're not DFAing him. I I know people think they will. He's gonna be on this roster. He might be on the IL to start the season, but he's gonna be around for a little bit because they brought him in with a purpose. No matter how bad he performed last year, they brought him in with a purpose, and they still think he's he's useful. Yeah, I disagree. Ruff's not gonna be on the team now. The IL thing is our way of kicking the can down the road because we're both sort of right if Darren Ruff's on the IL. He's not on the active 26-man roster, so I'm right. But he hasn't been DFA'd, so you're right. So I guess we just kick it down the road. But guess what? If Darren Ruff starts the year on the IL because this wrist thing continues to bother him and Mark Vientos gets off to a massive start, let's say he makes the team, Darren Ruff's dead. If if Vientos makes the team and then goes out and crushes left-handed pitching, I'm sorry, Darren Ruff's not going to find his way on the roster. Uh, one argument for LeCastro, and I read this stat the other day, uh, Ryan Spader tweeted it out. 
And I give Ryan Spader credit because he's the same guy who I ripped to shreds for a tweet he had about the pitch clock. Something stupid that he said about the pitch clock. Nothing you said, Pete. You, you've always been fair with your dumb critiques. That's Spader lied about something. But I want to give him credit now. He's now Spader fired off a really fascinating tweet about stolen base percentages that's worthy of discussion. Obviously, bigger bases, we know. Obviously, the pickoff rule, we know. Right now in spring training, guys are stealing bases at an 81.41% clip. To put that in perspective, so you know is that good, last year in Major League Baseball, the MLB average was 75.41%. That is a 6% increase. That's a massive number. May not sound like it, but to go from 75 to 81% success rate, that's big. And you're probably also running more. So not only is the rate higher, but guys are running. They're running a lot more. Also, to put that in perspective, Ricky Henderson, the greatest stolen base artist in the history of the sport, he stole bases at an 80.76% clip. So right now, guys are stealing bases in spring training at a higher percentage than the greatest stolen base artist in the history of baseball. Is that going to remain the number throughout the regular season? I can't tell you if it will. I think there's a greater chance that they will pay more attention to guys trying to steal bases. There'll be more pitch outs during the regular season, no doubt. So I don't know if that number is necessarily going to stay at 81%, but the one thing we're seeing is that stolen bases are becoming a bigger part of this game. And you look at this Met roster and you ask yourself, okay, who are the guys that are candidates to steal more bases? And all you got to do is go back to last year and see, well, who stole bases last year? Last year, the guy who led the Mets in stolen bases was Starling Marte. He stole 18 bases, which is not a huge number. The guy who was number two, Francisco Lindor, he stole 16 bases. Okay, so I don't think anyone's surprised that Marte and Lindor were the two leaders last year. Not a very high number, 18 and 16. Pete, I'm going to ask you a trivia question. After Marte and Lindor, who were the two leaders in stolen bases for the Mets last year, my first part of the trivia question is, who was third? And then also, what was the number? If the leader was 18 and the guy in second was 16, what's the number of the guy who had the third most stolen bases on the New York Mets? And what's his name? Go ahead. I'm, I'm taking a wild guess here, and I think I'm going to be off, but I'm going to give it a shot. Terrence Gore, and I'm going to say six. <laughs> That's a good one. So Terrence Gore stole three bases, which is not that far off. It's Pete Alonzo, and the answer is five. Think about that. And after that, you got Jeff McNeil with four, Mark Canna, Brandon Nimmo, James McCann, Travis Jankowski, and Terrence Gore with three. So I, I don't think the Mets have... Besides Marte and Lindor, and Marte I worry about because he's getting older. And even with guys being more successful stealing bases, I'm not sure his number is going to balloon up like it used to. Marte used to be a big-time stolen base guy. There's a guy that stole 47 bases in a season a couple of times. So he, And by the way, it didn't happen that long ago. He actually stole 47 bases in 2021. 2022, he goes down to 18, and he played the same amount of games. 
So I think we are seeing, based on his age, 34 years old, a guy who's just not going to run as much. So even with the bigger bases and even with guys you know, running more, I'm not sure that's going to continue with Marte. Does it with Lindor? Does it jump up with Lindor? I think it will. I think it'll jump up with Brandon Nimmo a little bit. He's actively said, hey, I want to steal more bases. But there really aren't a lot of guys on this team that are great candidates to take advantage of this. It's not. Just, just look at the roster. That's the value of Tim LaCastro. And I guess what I wrestle with is, okay, well, how often is that weapon going to be used? If Tim LaCastro makes the team, and he's not starting a lot, because he probably won't, despite what I recommended earlier of, oh, if he makes the team, he could start once a week in the outfield, and then one of the outfielders can DH. I'm not sure that'll even happen. Like, they'll probably start Tommy Pham in the outfield over Tim LaCastro. So Tim's value is late in games. His value is late inning defense, and his value is speed. So you got to ask yourself, where is he going to be used? So what jumps out at me is Daniel Vogelback. Daniel Vogelback is on base late in the game. Hello, Tim LaCastro. Maybe early in the season to keep Marte healthy. Starling Marte comes out for defense. Not that he's bad defensively, but you're trying to keep the guy healthy. He's 34 years old. Does he come in late for Mark Canna for defense? Is he a candidate to just pinch run for basically anybody? I mean, since this team doesn't have a lot of stolen base guys, maybe Tim LaCastro's pinch running for Pete Alonso in a big spot. And will that usage of LaCastro in a lot of ways be even more valuable than a right-handed DH who's only starting twice a week? Because that role LaCastro fills is every day. Every single close game they play, you can make an argument get his ass on first base so he can steal second for a team that doesn't have a lot of guys who are going to steal bases. So maybe in this new world of stolen bases, Tim LaCastro's value is even higher than it would have been if we were having this discussion one or two years ago. Well, I made the joke about Terrence Gore being the the third on the list, but the the reality was he did make an impact. Like, I mean, they put him in that spot. He played for, I don't remember what he played like 10 games for the Mets. He didn't play much. But that's the point. If you could have someone like that all season long, I love that idea. First of all, we know that Vogelbach runs like a, like he's got bricks in his butt. You know, I don't care how much weight <laughs> he lost, he's not going to steal a, a single base unless like somehow like there's a, a pass ball. I think that's a necessity. I think you do need that type of guy. And you're right, the defensive stuff. Listen, Marte, I love Sterling Marte, but the injuries are definitely a concern. It's an impact. He he makes a difference in the right field. Like I, I when I, we got him, I was like, oh, center fielder, no doubt. But being in right field, he does just fill up that that side of the, of the uh, outfield. It would take Lukashio is a step down defensively, in my, in my opinion. Seeing Marte out there, he has this impact. He t- he takes up a lot of space just for his his look, his body, his build. Let Castro can cover more ground, but I don't know. I, I I feel it will hurt. But on the other hand, you need to give him some rest. So I do understand. I don't that. know. I don't. I, I don't want to say you're wrong about this because I'd have to watch, and we'd all have to watch a lot more of LeCastro for me to say this. But I'm not sure he's a step down defensively. Um, as great as Marte is in right field, if anything, they would just be equal, different kind of players, but equal. Like you're not losing that much defensively by LeCastro playing the outfield, but. You got to be smart. You got to keep keep these guys healthy. 